Ritchie from the Badlands of Texas. You're listening to, or you're watching Midnight Radio, 380 degrees. What is that, about 30 more than 60? All the way around the earth, from southern Australia, all the way around to northern Ireland, and into the earbuds in your ears. You are listening to, or you are watching, me, Gerald Schmimmons. How's everybody doing today? Are all you Fruit Loops doing all right out there? I'll tell you what, it's one hot son of a biscuit eater here in the studio. Uh, every year, man, every year the air conditioner stops working because I'll tell you what, I am convinced that they don't want to fix the problem all the way. They want to get one more year out, so every year you have to call them in. I swear, next time I get them here, I don't know what I'm going to do. Sit there, time up, yell at them like, hey, I don't care what it costs. Just fix the damn thing for good. I don't want to see you next year. So if you see my face extra shiny, that is why I'm going to need you guys today to help me. I'm going to go ahead for those that want the Idaho 4 audio right away. This has been going around the internet. You guys brought it to me, brought it to me in Discord. But before I play this, I need you to hit the like button. And if you haven't yet, subscribe. And if you're just watching this later, go ahead and subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, if you have, go ahead and subscribe again. Why? So you can join the conversation here. That's what the show is, a conversation with you. All right, let's have that conversation. I'm going to need your help. All right, does everybody see me? Um, Let's see. We're not going out to rumble. Oh, well. We'll remove rumble. All right, removing rumble. All right, thank you. We're still going out to our website, MidnightRad.io, going out to YouTube, and of course, we're going out to No Agenda Tube. So that means there's nobody that can pull us off the air. We are there. All right, let's start. I know four. So what I'm about to show you is some of the audio that was taken, that was submitted. It was said that this was from the houses that were close to the Idaho 4 murder house. Some of it had been debunked in the past. This just came up within the last 24 hours, and they're saying they think, a lot of people think, think, thank, a lot of people think, I think it's a real thing. Shout out to the chat room. Hello, Melissa S., Hot Ham, Backseat Gamer, and I met a new friend today. It is all about Brian Kohlberger being innocent justice it's like justice movies movie camera birthday cake i can't tell the name but i need you guys to look at the hear this with me i'm going to play it i need you to listen to it real carefully and let me know what you hear do you hear i can't okay it'll also have closed captions let me just go ahead here again this is ring audio footage uh from the auto 4 case uh, let me go ahead and make this bigger so you can read it. All right, let's go. Let's go. Tell me what you hear as I play this, please. I will jack up the audio as far as I can for you. All right, I'll, I will enhance it on my side. And I will let you know. I'll tell you what. I will let you know where I got this, these videos. It'll be in the description below the video. Yeah, 
play it one more time and I'll see what the hi y'all does anyone know how to find the raw file of this all right somebody asked me like hey can you clean this up no this audio can't be cleaned up it cannot be cleaned up it is bad I don't know where they got it it seems like it's been distributed from seven or eight places at this time and it's you know I got nothing I closed my eyes because I wanted an unbiased observation it sounds to me like you have some damn parakeets talking to each other. So the link to that will be in the show notes. The more I hear this, the less, the more I watch this and listen to it, the less I hear it to me. It sounds like some, some birds are fighting or something. So there's that one. I got a second one right here. And these videos are going around right now. You guys gave it to me. Some people wanted me to look at it and talk about it. So that's what we're doing right now. It's really hot in the state of Texas right now. It is really, really Flipping hot. So that's where we're going. So we're going to drink a lot of water. All right. Oh, yeah, you want to see this. All right. This is the second leaked ring camera video that's been given to me this week to talk about. And here we go. I'm going to play this one for you. This one might be a little bit easier to hear.
This is two two different ring cameras together, two separate audios. The first one is the same as the one we played before. With my earphones on, I can hear a little bit more clearly because I think somebody who doesn't know how to enhance audio tried to enhance the audio of the last one, and that's why it was all squeaky. But. So I'm not going to play any more of that. That is all I've got. There's somebody that said, I'm going to go back up and read to you what they said. Um, these, because this is the information that's going around right now as it applies to the Idaho four. And if you didn't want information about the Idaho four, then you wouldn't be, you know, looking or listening to information about the Idaho four. There's a lot of information that's getting refed through. Some people put a little change to it. Some people are, fixated on Kolpeka for some reason. And I'll read to you what somebody said earlier that came in here. This is with the name of Justice. BK is innocent. Auto leaked. We know Idaho. Yes, a.k.a. Papa Rogers Brent Kolpeka pulled the tower dumps at 5.34 a.m. Leaked. Jack D. Picks and so much more. Everything. BK is innocent. We know five of the voices. First press conference tells all the girls walking the white truck, Adam tripods. Let's go Idaho police corruption to WSU question mark. And then just like that, they were gone. All right. Moving right along. Let me talk about this. Did you know? Did you know that Benedict Cumberbatch's home was vandalized by knife-wielding chef? I bet you didn't. Let's talk about it right now. What the heck? Former chef reportedly reportedly vandalized actor Benedict Cumberbatch's home in London while wielding a fish knife. Jack Bissell, a former chef at a Mayfair hotel, pleaded guilty to charges of criminal damage at Wood Green Crown Court. On May 10th, it was fined 250 pounds. It's not heavy enough, if you ask me. He was also hit with a three-year restraining order that prevents him from going near Cumberbatch and his family, who were all home at the time of the incident. Uh, this is a very interesting story, and it, I think that there's more to it. We're going to continue to follow it because it's so odd. I'm going to read the rest of it to you right now. 
During a trial held earlier this month, the court was told that Bissell kicked through the iron gates of the home's front garden and shouted, I know you've moved here. I hope it burns down. The chef also reportedly threw a plant at the garden wall before spitting on the intercom and tearing it loose with a fish knife. He fled the scene, but was arrested after authorities traced his DNA from the intercom. Prosecutors also said that prior to the incident, Bissell stopped at a nearby shop for pita bread and allegedly told shopkeeper he was going to break into Cumberbatch's home and burn it down. I know what you're thinking. What the hell did Cumberbatch do? Maybe he has a personal story of how Cumberbatch has wronged him. It's unclear why he targeted the Sherlock actor. Fine, fine series, by the way. He offered no defense in court. Details of the case were prevented from being made public by the press until blanket restrictions were successfully challenged by the Daily Mail this week. That's why it's being let out now. Good on you, Daily Mail. A source close to the star told Daily Mail the family was absolutely terrified and that Cumberbatch and wife Sophie, with whom he shares three children, have had many sleepless nights since worrying that they may, that they may be targeted again. Representatives of Cumberbatch did not respond to uh, requests to respond. All right. This is hot off the press, guys. Stephen Avery murder. New witness saw Bobby Dacey. I thought it was Darcy Dacey. In Hallback's RA4. Attorney Kathleen Zeller filed a court motion revealing a tow truck driver just gave sworn testimony supporting Stephen Avery's innocence. Kathleen Zellner, regarded as one of the world's leading wrongful conviction lawyers, filed an unexpected motion Friday in Wisconsin bolstering Stephen Avery's innocence. Claims in the Halloween 2005 murder of auto trader freelance photographer Teresa Halbach. Zellner's motion revealed that a tow truck driver named... Thomas just came forward on May 10th, revealing that he saw Bobby Dacey driving Teresa Halbach's RAV4 vehicle in the fall in the days following her gruesome death. There was also a second person riding as a passenger when Dacey, according to the tow truck driver and that second person who was not Stephen Avery either on Friday afternoon, Zellner informed patch that she believes this witness is very important in adding to the growing evidence of Bobby Dacey's involvement in the Hallbach murder. All right, let me, I'm going to run this name real fast and make sure I know who this is. Okay. He is the cousin. Yeah, there he is. So that, I'll tell you. So he is the he was the overweight nephew of Stephen Avery. So they're trying to they're trying to pin it on him. Very interesting. Now he might have been driving the car, but it might have been Stephen that had him do it. But I digress. But that's some new information for those of you that might be into the Stephen Avery murder case. I'll continue to following it, follow it here as new things pop up. But you know, we just got, came over Memorial Day, and I got this story. And I have personal experience of, I have personal experience of being in Riverside, California 
um, Riverside. I'm in Oceanside, California. And uh, I knew a Marine that was there on, uh, you know, it was his day off and he was down there and there was three or four teens that jumped him, punched him and stole his wallet. This happened in Oceanside and this was a few years ago. So I know it happens. I'm going to show you the shocking video has captured a mob of up to 40 teens viciously beating a trio of off-duty Marines who say they'd merely asked him to stop lighting fireworks on a California beach. Now, this right here is, I think, the perfect story for Memorial Day and how I feel about it. the rest of the story here the now viral footage shows the marines enjoying time off for memorial day weekend being followed by the bang mob while walking towards san clemente pier bowl late friday we told them we were marines so they would leave but they didn't they just kept going at it one of the attack servicemen said uh hunter antonio as they started walking up some steps as you can see in the video some of the group behind yell at them to get the f out of here before one runs up from behind and sucker punches a trailing serviceman i saw somebody throw it looked like a a black cat at him before a brief hesitation the marine drops in his hand and charges his attacker knocking him down other footage from afar showed just how many were involved in the mob attack Instantly, the mob swarms around them, throwing wild punches and screaming abuse. Get the F out of here. Get the F out of here. The attacked Marine and one of his pals are left crunched into the fetal position on the ground, their hands and arms covering their heads as the mob continues to punch and stomp them. One of the group asks, and others call him, you know, I can't repeat what things are saying. And the initial sucker puncher, Thug, pours a drink over one of them. The nearly long minute clip shows the attack only ending when a man and woman rush in and scream at them to stop. At least one other Marine was also attacked. Also, he was not seen in the clip, although he wasn't seen in the clip. Now, the Orange County Sheriff's Department, who you think would have had a presence on the beach, you know, with, I don't know, 40-something kids, Orange County, but how about Oceanside, PD? you think they would have been there, but no, especially on Memorial Day. It gets dangerous out there at night. They're, they should have people. They should have more patrols in Oceanside. It's dangerous, and it always has been. Don't let this bastard who's about to talk and say something tell you otherwise. It's dangerous. It has been dangerous, especially in the evening. The Orange County Sheriff's Department initially estimated 10 to 30 teens, but you can see from the video, has at least 40 people there. The department vowed to investigate the attack until all individuals responsible are identified and prosecuted to the fullest extent. Well, that's not going to happen. They're not going to find them. 
They never have and they never will. This is considered an assault with a deadly weapon because of the amount of suspects. Sergeant Frank Gonzalez told KCAL News, despite the apparent savagery of the attack, the victims all refused medical treatment. However, Antonio told KCAL that he fears he may have suffered a concussion after being stomped on. He claims that he and his buddies enjoyed time off from Camp Pendleton and Oceanside, only asked the teens to stop lighting fireworks after a piece of debris hit him in the face. They were being belligerent. They were being obnoxious and annoying other people, so I went up to them and told them to stop. Gonzalez, the Sheriff's Department Sergeant, well, said officers will investigate till the you know and prosecute to the fullest. Stay away from Oceanside, guys. That's all I can say. Have you heard the one about the Indiana funeral director that pleads guilty after 31 decomposing bodies are discovered? Whoops. I guess I forgot to get rid of them. I just cast your check. For the first time ever, media was allowed inside the courtroom in Clark County. Randy Langford appeared in his orange prison attire prepared to take a plea deal for the third time. This time, it happened. He agreed to plead guilty to roughly 40 charges of felony theft in exchange for a 12-year sentence. We wanted to get justice for these families, and um, uh, this is a case where there were so many charges um, that we had to come to some sort of resolution that got justice now for these people. Langford will have to serve four years incarcerated. For him, that means house arrest, something that didn't sit right with some of his victims. I'm just shocked, really. I'm speechless. I didn't expect that. He trusted Langford while his loved one's remains sat inside the funeral home. But he's still trying to be the bigger person and hopes other families will do the same. It's been tough, but um, I do forgive him uh, for what he did. Um, and I hope that he can find forgiveness. Kessinger did eventually receive ashes. Prosecutor Jeremy Mull says this case could have taken a long time if they didn't reach a deal now. Did you know that this is about the fifth story I've had this year, and we're only in May, May 30th, end of May, about funeral home directors, you know, not properly disposing of bodies? My goal as the prosecutor has simply been getting him convicted, getting him sentenced to jail, and getting him... uh, you know, to the point where these people are going to get their money back, the ones that were uh, the, the victims of theft from him. Ooh, it's getting hot in here. All right. We're going to go over this one in a minute. Before we do, I'd like to thank, I'd like to thank our executive producers, if I haven't already, and if I have, hell, I want to do it again. I'd like to thank Lady Lisa, our executive producer. If it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be able to do this show. Also, Lady Laura, I don't know where she is tonight. If you guys see her in the chat room, wave. And also, Annabelle Stealth, thank you very much. And that is uh, also, I want to mention, Producer Grant, thank you all very much. I'm going to continue. If you're just tuning in, I appreciate it if you would hit the like button. It helps us with algorithm rhythms. If you've seen our videos have been dipping lately, that is true. You can help us hitting the thumbs up if you'd like. And also, if you haven't yet subscribing, appreciate it very much. It is hot as a snake's ass in the rut of a wagon right now, but it is okay. We're going to continue, continue to go on. I can't even talk. It's so damn hot in here. Hit the like button. Thank you very much. For God's sake, a man killed. 
a father and tried to kill his two girls camping in California State Park. Now, this is the same California State Park where MASH was filmed. So, he was found guilty, what, on the... When was he found guilty? 27th. On June 2018, 35-year-old Irvine scientist Tristan Baudet decided to take his daughters then to and four on a camping trip. The next week, the family was moving to the Bay Area. But that evening, Baudet's wife, Erica Wu, needed to study for a medical board exam. Hoping to give her a solo night without the kids, Baudet picked up the girls and their tent for an overnight stay in Malibu Creek State Park. Malibu Creek State Park is a popular spot for recreation for Wequiwation, just 30 miles away from L.A. For TV buffs, it's also the place where MASH was once filmed. Baudet was sleeping beside his daughters when someone approached their tent, fired a shot inside, and killed the father with a bullet to the head. The random shooting in a well-trafficked park sent shocks and fear through the community. Even more so, it became public that this was not the only targeted shooting in the area. The campground was closed for nearly a year, the investigation took place over the previous 20 months multiple victims had reported to authorities that they had been shot at at malibu creek state park or on the nearby canyon road there had been six near misses two of them in the campground where Bodette was killed in october 2018 after months of uncertainty anthony radu was taken into custody he was found near the park with the rifle Radu previously served time in a state prison for possessing explosives and later for possessing a loaded gun, which is illegal for people with felony convictions. He was on probation at the time of his arrest. Radu was accused of a litany of felonies, including the killing of Baudet. The attempted killing of his two daughters and eight additional counts of attempted murder and five counts of burglary and a rash of shootings and break-ins that began in 2016. On Friday, Radu was found guilty of second-degree murder in the death of Baudet and attempted murder in the attack of the girls. He was found not guilty in seven of the attempted murder counts. The jury found him guilty of the burglary charges as well as attempted murder for deliberately shooting at a man driving to a movie set just days before Baudet's killing. The driver wasn't injured. The jury determined Radu did not act with premeditation, which is required for a first-degree conviction. He faces 40 years to life in prison and will be sentenced next month. We will continue to cover the story of that here. I hope you haven't eaten dinner yet because these next few stories are going to be pretty rough. But I digress. Have you guys heard about this? I got I got an update to this. So, uh, let me play this. Deadly hit and run. What the hell are you talking about? A family is searching for answers after they say their loved one disappeared during a cross country trip to Southern California. A lot of stuff going and going on in Southern California. I heard that there's somebody that's mailing people uh, drum thirty gallon drums of monkey shit. I, I heard that. I'll continue to cover the story here. She was on a trip to Southern California with her boyfriend, who's also missing. Nikki Alvarez left her home in Tennessee for a road trip in her black Jeep with her boyfriend, Tyler Stratton, and a dog. They planned to travel to Orange County to visit her family, but three weeks ago, 
The 33-year-old mother disappeared in Moriarty, New Mexico. There's a lot of possibilities that I'm scared of after not hearing from her three weeks now. Said Nikki's sister. There were signs of trouble when the couple reached New Mexico. On May 4th, a Torrance County Sheriff Department report showed Alvarez with a black eye. A witness said Stratton punched her in the face. The report said Stratton claimed he was also hit. Now to the urgent search tonight for a missing couple traveling across the country with their dog. They had planned to meet family in Orange County, but three weeks ago, family members say they vanished and haven't been heard from since. Eyewitness News reporter Amy Powell joining us live with new details on the desperate search tonight. Amy. Michelle and Jory, family members say there have been no reported sightings and no phone calls. And as each day goes by, fears are growing about what may have happened to her. Nikki Alcaraz left her home in Tennessee, heading out on a road trip in her black Jeep with her boyfriend, Tyler Stratton, and a dog. They planned to travel across the country to visit her family in Orange County, California. Three weeks ago, the 33-year-old mother disappeared in Moriarty, New Mexico. There's a lot of possibilities that I'm scared of after not hearing from her for three weeks. Vocal fry. There were signs of trouble when Alcaraz and Stratton reached New Mexico. On May 4th, a Torrance County Sheriff's Department report black eye, to bruising Nikki on the with arm. a black eye. A witness saying Stratton punched Alcaraz in the face. The report says Stratton claimed he was also hit. Neither one chose to press charges. They left the police station separately. Alcaraz was dropped off by police in Moriarty, where she called her sister. Her eye was already turning black, and you could tell she was beat up pretty bad. A family friend drove to New Mexico and met up with Alcaraz, hoping to bring her to California. But on the day they were supposed to leave, she told him she had to go back and find her boyfriend. On May 9th, Tony Alcaraz received a text from Nikki saying she was in Arizona. Hold on, wait up. Are you telling me there's a security camera that's positioned just to look up ladies' dresses? Come on now. What is this about? By the way, I have an update after this. And plan to continue driving to California. Oh, she did that to herself. Okay. Scared, you know, something happened to them, whether they got in another fight or if they crashed her jeep somewhere a license plate reader picked up nikki's black jeep near flagstaff arizona earlier this month but police say her phone appears to be out of service all right let's let's see what more we got here so basically all the information they gave you is all the information i had until i boom i got this one A woman who went missing while on a cross-country road trip to Orange County is believed to have been spotted in Northern California. Eyewitness News reporter Irene Cruz is live in the studio this morning with more from worried family members. Irene. Giovanna, they're hanging on to any hope they can get. Authorities say that missing woman may have been photographed in Redding while selling her cell phone at a Walmart on Saturday. Nikki Alcaraz's brother Josh speaking out this morning. He says she's 100% in danger and that it's unlike the 33-year-old mother to not talk to her children. He adds, Nikki... Maybe she killed him. Maybe he deserved it. 
He has known her boyfriend, Tyler Stratton, for 15 years. She left Tennessee on a road trip with Tyler in her Jeep. They were supposed to visit her uncle in Orange County. She vanished after an alleged assault incident in New Mexico. A witness says Tyler punched Nikki in the face. A sheriff's report shows her black eye. Stratton says he was also hit, but neither pressed charges. Her family last heard from her weeks ago, May 9th, a text saying she was in Arizona, still going to California. Her brother now pleading for her to come home. I immediately tried calling her and went straight to voicemail. I sent texts that are still undelivered. She always has her phone, so you know that's when it was really concerning. You know, Nikki, we're, we're not going to give up. You know, if you're in some kind of trouble, everybody loves you. You know, get in contact with us somehow, even if. Even if you have to ask somebody to email us from, you know, out of his view or whatever the case may be, find a way to get in touch and we'll come save you. Yeah, they're incredibly worried about her. Now, Tyler has an unrelated arrest warrant out of Tennessee tied to a theft charge. Nikki's family now begging the public to keep an eye out for them. Keep an eye out. Let's see what else we got here. I don't care about the traffic in LA. All right, let me see if there is a new update. I don't believe we have one. All right, let's go. Come on. There were no signs. There were signs of trouble. Is unrelated arrest. That is it. That is the latest update that I have. Check in the chat room to see what you guys have. I saw a pic from Walmart and Reading on the 27th. I was thinking of the Florida teacher found dead. All right. I have three more stories about things going on in Southern California. Oh, just kidding. Check this out. I want to know what you guys think about this. Uh, talking about the January 6th rioters. January 6th rioters are raking in thousands in donations. Now... The U.S. is coming after their haul. This is fascinating to me. I don't know how you feel about the January 6th rioters or uh, the election or the news media is reporting on it. I have a story for you. I remember following the news that day because I was wondering, oh, the January 6th. Let's see what's up here. And I looked at it. And they were reporting on the news early that morning that it was nobody was showing up and nobody cared. And they had the news lady at a particular corner of the screen where, I guess I don't need to show you a big one. They had a particular corner of the screen where there weren't people standing and they were lying saying nobody was there. And then all of a sudden it's the biggest damn thing since uh, peanut butter and and uh, marshmallows. So check this out. This story, so a growing number of capital rioters are facing hefty fines on top of prison sentences at their sentencing hearings. So check this out. Less than two months after he pleaded guilty to storming the U.S. Capitol, Texas resident Daniel Goodwin appeared on Tucker Carlson's then Fox News show and promoted a website where supporters could donate to Goodwin and other rioters whom the site called political prisoners. 
The Justice Department now wants Goodwin to give up more than 25000 he raised, which really isn't a lot. A clawback that is part of a growing effort by the government to prevent rioters from being able to personally profit from participating in the attack. So the government, it, it seems to me like a way to squash political opposition first first they did what they did with paypal where anybody that was getting money they talked about these certain things they shut them down from that and then you have this to where if they're raising money for their court expenses from somebody else who agrees with them politically the government is going after that very interesting I thought I'd share this with you. I'd like to know what some of you guys think about this. If you'd like to call in, leave me a message. I'm not going to open up the phone line. You can call and leave me a message at 325-261-0892. Do you believe it is okay for the United States government to take a, a opposing political view, with which I don't care if you agree with the riots or not. That's not the point. But you do agree this opposite. If you don't agree with it, it is a dip, different view from you. I mean, some people don't think it was a riot, whatever, protest, whatever you want to call it. Is it right for the government to take that money back that other people donated to squash political opposition? Very interesting, very interesting questions here. What do you think? What are they going to what are they going to do next? Here, you know, I don't, here's, here's the horror story about this. It's what's going to happen to you and me. I don't care if you're Democrats, Republicans, independents. What is that one we learned the other day? Uh, lib, uh, libertarians. And they they say that it was a bunch of people that were on Donald Trump. Donald Trump's side and they wanted to forcefully keep him in office but then you have the Democrats who are forcefully trying to remove Donald Trump the whole time and you could call what Nancy Pelosi and them were doing with this with the um their efforts and and millions of dollars trying to get Donald Trump out of there when he was in there you can call that an insurrection just as easily as you can call the January 6th an insurrection but here's what's going to happen both parties are about to take it in the can. That's right. You're about to take it in the shorts because once the Republicans get back in charge and all, they're starting to do that, you saw what's happening with the FBI right now. They're gutting the FBI. Once they get back in charge, and I don't know if it's going to happen this election or the next one or the next one after that, but it's going to happen. There's going to be hell to pay for your freedoms. You know, so for example, uh, we lost a bunch of liberty here on YouTube, you know, because they agreed with some of the things coming out of the Democratic Party. So you couldn't talk about this. You couldn't talk about that. You're like, well, shit, what can I say? What can I say? Well, you know, the Republican Party come in there and shut down YouTube for being unconstitutional. Where do you sit in this? Not in a very good place. A lot of people are saying, hey, go to Rumble, right? I'm working on it right now. But I'm not going to rumble. I'm simultaneously streaming. We're also simultaneously streaming at midnightrad.io and no agenda tube.
What do you guys think about this? You can call 325-261-0892 and leave a message. I don't want to talk to you on the phone tonight. Not going to open up the phone line. Not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. 325-261-0892. I forgot how to answer the phone. Just leave me a voicemail message. Or you can email me at midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. Midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. I want to know what you think about this. And mark my words, Facebook, YouTube, the FBI are about to have hell to pay when the Republicans finally take over. Now, I'm not talking about politics. I'm not saying that this presidential election coming up is going to yield any particular winner because I don't know. What I do know for a fact is there will, there will be another Republican president in office. All right. I don't know who it's going to be, but there will be hell to pay. And it, the hell to pay is your freedom, no matter who you are. So take that. We're going to go forward. And I think that them taking money that somebody donates to somebody else, you know, political opposition, what the hell? What kind of country do we live in? You Nazi bastards. You can't do that. We don't want that. Good God. I mean, I don't care. Personally, I don't care. Yeah, this this is this is dangerous, very dangerous. Let's see. I also got the Guardian's take on this very same story, and the Guardian's take is this. And you know what? If it sounds the same as the other one, this is, yeah, Associated Press. This is from the the F and CIA. That yeah, they're just the CIA wants you to know that you're not going to be able to raise funds. Their funding success suggests that many people in the U.S. still view the rioters as justified and cling to the baseless belief that Democrats stole the 2020 presidential election from Donald Trump. The former president himself has fueled that idea, pledging to pardon rioters if he's elected again. So let me see, just by what this says, their funding success suggests that many people in the U.S. still view the rioters as justified. Well, that's their damn business. It's not yours. It's not mine. It's damn sure not the government's. If the people think that it was justified and they give money, that's not the government's business. Screw off. And I'm talking, what about the riots the riots in Portland, you know, the Antifa riots, the Black Lives Matter riots, and some of those people got arrested, and they raised, and and there were funds raised for their legal fund. Who cares? I don't care. You shouldn't care. That's between them and their friends or the people that have that same political view, not your government. This is dangerous. If they can do this, they can do it for anything. God, this is dangerous. So for a, an opposite, what if uh, when the Republicans are in charge and they were having a protest and burning down Portland again, every single rider gets thrown in prison and they're not able to raise money. What the F? You can't do that. Is that what's going to happen? So then you got both. They don't care. They're working in this together. They want all of you guys to shut the hell up and just... 
Be a good little slave and do what you're told. You know, go to work nine to five so you can get money to go to work nine to five so you can get money to go to work nine to five so they can take 60% of it and don't think about helping anybody else that they don't like. This is so dangerous, guys. Markless Melee, a Virginia man scheduled to be sentenced next month for assaulting police at the Capitol, raised more than 16000 which isn't a lot. 16000 from an online campaign that described him as a January 6th POW and asked for money for his family. Prosecutors have requested a 16000 plus fine, noting that Malay ha- had a public defender and did not owe any legal fees. Uh, he was not feeding his family, though, was he? He didn't lie. He should not be able to use his own notoriety gained in the commission of his crimes to capitalize guys right now just so you know i'm working on getting uh, an interview right now for this show with somebody called the q shaman do you remember him the q shaman now he's called the american shaman the q shaman the q shaman uh now he's known as american shaman we're working on getting an interview with him right now we're going to talk about some of these things He should not be able to use his own notoriety. His own notoriety. You can't use your own notoriety? So far this year, prosecutors have sought more than $390,000 in fines at at least 21 riot defenders in amounts ranging from uh, $450 to more than $71,000. Judges have imposed at least $124,127 in fines against 33 riot defendants this year and the previous two years, judges ordered more than 100 riot defendants to collectively pay more than $240,000. Separately, judges have ordered hundreds of convicted rioters to pay more than $524,000, half a million in restitution to the government, to cover more than $2.8 million in damage to the capital and other January 6th related expenses. All right, I'm not going to go over this anymore, but this is very interesting. A jury convicted romance novel cover model, John Strand of storming the Capitol with Simone Gold, a California physician who is a leading figure in the anti-vaccine movement. Uh-huh. Now prosecutors are seeking a $50,000 fine on top of a prison term for Strand when a judge sentences him on Thursday. Strand has raised more than $17,000 for his legal defense without disclosing that he has a taxpayer-funded lawyer, according to prosecutors. They say Strand appears to have substantial financial means living in a home that was purchased for more than $3 million last year. Goodwin, who appeared on Carlson's show in March, will be sentenced next month. All right. I got some, I got this story for you. A high school girl was killed in Fayetteville, a murder suicide days before her graduation. Just days before graduation, a faithful high school senior is shot and killed in an apparent murder-suicide. Well, this happened just after 8 o'clock this morning along Carlos Avenue in Fayetteville. CBS 17's Justin Moore is live tonight, and you had a chance to talk with neighbors about this heartbreaking situation. 
That's right. Uh, this is Tatiana Haywood's uh, community. This is the neighborhood she lived in. She lived in that house behind me where the shooting happened at. You know, instead of her family planning her graduation celebration, they're now planning her funeral. My husband, he said he heard the shots. It was about eight-ish or so, and he then he heard the whoop from the police car. Nicole Jackson shocked to find out her 18-year-old neighbor, Tatiana Haywood, was shot and killed next door. I've lost a dog, a pet or something, but I couldn't imagine um, losing any of my kids. So. The teen was set to graduate in a few days from Douglasburg High School in Fayetteville. Haywood, the victim, an apparent murder-suicide on Wednesday morning. Fayetteville police say the shooter, 18-year-old Nasir Scott, committed suicide. Tomorrow's not promised. Cumberland County Schools released a statement which reads, we're deeply saddened to learn about the passing of a Douglasburg High School student. Our thoughts are with the student's family and loved ones. Now, grief counselors were on campus uh, of Douglasburg today uh, for students and staff. Now, still a lot of unanswered questions with this case as police continues to investigate. Live in Fayetteville, Justin Moore, CBS 17 News. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate it. So I believe that's the story right there. Let's move on to the next one. Oh, man. So we have a three-month-old baby girl found dead in the woods near Bronx homeless shelter where her parents, 23 and 20, are quizzed by cops. Her name was Guinevere Cominger. She was found in the woods near a Bronx homeless shelter. Now the baby's parents are in custody. The horrific discovery was made by police on Sunday around 8.30 p.m., Near West 161 Street and the Mayor Deacon Expressway. Oh, look, they're showing the Bill Gates story. How about that? An NYPD spokesperson told Daily Mail that a concerned family member alerted police to the missing baby, and when they went to investigate, they found the child unconscious and unresponsive. The infant was identified as Guinevere Cominger. She was pronounced dead at the scene. It is believed baby lived with their parents ages 20 and 23 in the university family residence a transitional housing unit located at 1041 university avenue and blocks away from yankee stadium this video from scene three months old drop a baby back there outside the road that is some crazy thing the mother got the mind here they got the mind in the low how they could do that i hope they could find him 
or life or I'm okay for everything to be okay. God bless and have a great night. Is this a surprise? Yeah, it is a surprise. I am shocked. I am really shocked for that. And we living right here. How we? That it gave me so sad. Gave me so sad. All right. It gets goes from bad to worse here on Midnight Radio. Seven kids found living in a filthy home with rats. They had about a dozen rats as pets in a padlock refrigerator. The big story on Action News tonight is the horrifying discovery made by police in Bucks County. Seven children living in deplorable conditions, unclean, unfed, uneducated. Officers have now arrested Shane and Crystal Robertson, charging the parents with seven felony counts each of endangering the welfare of children. Police came upon the kids who are four to 16 years old almost exactly a month ago. Some of them allegedly hidden, others in an abandoned trailer. And tonight we're learning the extent of the conditions those kids were subjected to. Action News reporter Annie McCormick joining us live at Penridge Regional Police in Sellersville tonight. Annie, the details here are just appalling. And Brian, those children ranging in ages from four years old to 16 years old, they remain in the care of the county where they have been since this investigation began in April. Their parents were charged last week. These are the parents accused of neglecting their seven children in the Sellersville Trailer Park home. 47-year-old Shane Robertson and 37-year-old Crystal Robertson charged by authorities after a concerned neighbor called police when she saw the kids breaking into an abandoned trailer. I've seen them going into the trailer next door here and taking some things out, and that's... That's why I called. Tammy DeHaven's call to police on April 23rd triggered an investigation, and the children, ages 4 to 16 years old, were placed in the care of the county. Police say Crystal admitted she put a lock on the refrigerator and referred to the kids as garbage disposals with legs. In the course of the investigation, authorities found none of the seven children had any formal education and all lacked basic knowledge. Some of the children did not know their own birth dates. And the children had extensive medical issues, including at least one who had maggots and needed most of the hair shaved from her head since the damage and infestation was so dire. The parents are currently out on bail, but did not come to the door today. It's horrible. I don't understand how parents could do that with their children. Jayden. I hope they're better off. And they're, in, they're in a better place, so I hope they're taken care of. So... That's, that's what they deserve. Horrible. So let me tell you more about this story. I'll show you this. This is the actual story. Crystal Robertson took her youngest baby, Bodine, to see the Easter Bunny last month. She bought him a baby chick costume to wear. They took photos and posted the encounter on social media. The two-year-old Bowden stars in his own TikTok account with more than 1,100 followers, nearly 90 videos. With hashtags like spoiled, uh, pound sign, local celebrity, pound my baby boy, pound good boy. Again, he was two years old. Among the clips are January visit with the residents of Quakertown Nursing Home in a 2020 two trip to spirit Halloween store. There are videos of Bowden showing his Halloween pajamas and bumblebee costume. 
The robbers are seen cuddling with him, feeding him snacks of fresh salmon, chicken, liver, and steak, showing off a tattoo of his pink footprint over his cursive name on her chest. And again, they said one, all but one of the kids were malnourished. Maybe it was him. The most recent video of Bodine, a four-foot-long Argentine red taru was posted on Wednesday. What the hell is that? So this isn't even a boy. What am I talking about here? I'm afraid this is a big snake. Ew. All right, so I'll show you right here. This was a baby boy that they were feeding and taking care of. Not of their own children. Five days after Robertson, 37, and her husband, Shane, 47, were charged with seven counts of felony, child endangerment, for allegedly neglecting their seven children after this story was published. The formerly public talk account of that damn lizard was made private. Can you believe it? Now, the reason why they found this, and this has been going on for years, and I hope they show the, I hope they have the names in this story. I don't remember if they do. I did read it before. And that is, um, There's something going on in the background. Anyway, the neighbor, they saw the kids going next door to an abandoned trailer, and they were taking blankets out of there. So that's why the neighbor called. And uh, when the police came, they found the kids had been severely neglected. They asked the little girl, you know, what she was doing in that other trailer with that blanket. And she said, because uh, my my mother and dad don't have a lot of money, they don't care, they don't take care of us much. And I wanted to take the blanket to keep my rats warm. True story, continuing here. This feels like one of those moments that leaves me speechless and head-scratching said Kathleen Palm, founder and director of the Center for Children's Justice in Berks County. Any reasonable person is going to say, how could children, not one or two, not an infant or nonverbal or disabled child, but many and of such different ages, be so far off the radar? The children's home situation was discovered in April, only after a neighbor called police not to report abuse suspicions, but because she saw the Robertson children taking items out of an abandoned trailer next door. The 12-year-old middle daughter would later tell the Penridge Regional Police officers she only took a blanket to keep her pet rats warm. Police alleged that the Robertson children, okay, aged 4 to 16, and none of them ever went to school, lived in squalid conditions in a three-bedroom mobile home in Sellersville with their parents and at least 33 animals. You saw the trailer. You saw the size of the trailer, including two dozen rats, two dogs, two rabbits, and Bowden. Bucks County SPCA Chief Humane Officer Nikki Thompson on Thursday said Penridge Regional Police Officers found the animals were in good physical condition. So at least the animals, including the rats, all 12 rats were healthy and warm, apparently. All but one child showed signs of severe, serious malnutrition and other medical issues, including rotting teeth, low kidney function, COVID-19, acute viral syndrome, poor eyesight, ringworm, matted and maggoted infested hair, and speech impediments. None of the children have attended formal school, according to authorities. Some did not know their birth. And then again, the ages range from 4 to 16. 
They didn't know their birthdays and had to be told how old they were, according to authorities. The children told social workers that they were told it was school when Crystal Robertson passed around a smartphone to each child. The children are now in foster care and their parents are free on bail. It said that they've gained up to two pounds in the few days since they've been in foster care. Authorities describe the home as unsanitary and in severe disrepair with disintegrating and destroyed walls and floors. There is no soap, toothpaste, or other personal hygiene or cleaning products in the home. The only notable food in the house was for the animals, and the Robertsons secured the fridge door with a bicycle lock because their mother told police that the children were stealing food. What information was emerged about the Robertsons comes from online searches, social media accounts, neighbors, and sources. With knowledge of the case, no one talked about the family wanted to be identified. Crystal Thompson is a breast cancer survivor. Now, this is a part shocking, and it tells you what role that these people have in the community. Crystal Robertson is a breast cancer survivor and administrator for a private Facebook group called Triple Negative Breast Cancer Warriors. Started in 2018, has more than 9,000 members. Shane Robertson reportedly works a 9-to-5 job at a coal storage business. What the hell is that? He, like, freezes ice cream? I don't know. And Crystal drives for a ride share, so she an Uber driver, but they didn't want to say the company's name. Like Uber, like any of you like have a man, my Uber driver smelled funky. The couple reportedly deleted their personal Facebook pages on Thursday. Emails seeking comments into accounts associated with Shane Robertson were not answered. The, ho- the mobile home where the family lives on the 600 block previously belonged to Crystal Robertson's father, who died in 2020. At the time of her father's death, the family was living in Newcastle, Delaware. Children have reportedly talked about living in a motel before moving to Bucks County. There's a lot more to this story about how nobody realized the children were there and and about them being homeschooled, supposedly, and all that. But I will put a link to that in the description of the video below so you guys can check that out. All right, I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate it very much. Always good to talk to you guys. Always good. You're listening or you've been watching Midnight Radio. If you haven't yet, please subscribe. If you hit subscribe, hit that little bell so you can get all notifications. You can join in the conversation here at Midnight Radio. Phone number is 325-261-0892. You can call that and leave a message anytime, 24 hours, night or day, and I will play it on the show. Again, the phone number, 325-261-0892, 325-261-0892. I'd like to thank our executive producer lady lisa and lady laura and annabelle stealth i would also like to thank producer grant for this fine show on this fine whatever day it is of the week i'm not even sure anymore after going through some of those stories remember if you're listening you're a fruit loop go ahead and on your way out please hit that thumbs up for me we're going to be back soon with more updates and another pre-show right here on midnight radio until then good night god bless and all my best